Thank you, Brother Rick. I want you to open the Word of God, please, to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I want to speak to you today on the often forgotten Christmas character. The often forgotten Christmas character. It's certainly not Jesus. It better not be. And it's not Mary, his mother. And it's not the shepherds. We hear a lot about the shepherds. And it's not the wise men. Uh, he's sort of a hero to me, but he's very seldom focused on in the Christmas story. It's Joseph. Joseph. Because he was content to just be a servant of the Lord and to play second fiddle, it seemed. You know, our 20-month-old granddaughter got all kinds of toys yesterday. She got an Elmo doll, and somehow or another you can get an app on your phone, and uh, it'll do all kinds of things. And uh, she got a tent uh, that we had to put up, and uh, she uh, got uh, all kinds of things. But uh, somehow at the last minute, my daughter, I guess she got this gift for her, she got her a little plastic play broom and one of those little sweeper scoop things. Now, out of all the things we got her, do you know what she's playing with the most? That's right, she's running around the house with a little plastic broom. And I thought, boy, that's, that's, that's great. My granddaughter's gonna be a maid when she grows up. <laughs> then I thought, well, Lord, that's fine as long as she's a merry maid, you know. But it is fine if that's God's plan for her life. And Joseph was fine with being in the background. And he's just one of my heroes in the Christmas story. So let's read this passage, and then I want to draw three points of application from the life of this godly man for us today. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. And may the Lord add his blessing to the exposition of his holy word today. First of all, it just stands out to me, Joseph had to have been a compassionate man. A compassionate fellow. A merciful fellow. A forgiving man. Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just, and that word means a righteous man, this guy wanted to do what was right in God's sight. And not wanting to make her, that's Mary, a public example, but was minded to put her away secretly. Now, most of you have heard 
that according to Jewish law, he could have brought Mary because it looked like she had committed adultery. Even though she was engaged to him. And in the Jewish life, an engagement was more like a marriage. In fact, they were called husband and wife during the engagement period. That usually lasted at least for a year before they actually consummated that union in a marriage ceremony. And it looked as though she had been unfaithful during that engagement period. And so he could not just write her a certificate of divorce. He could have brought her before a Jewish tribunal. He could have shamed her. He could have embarrassed her. And yes, according to Jewish law, could have even had her stoned. But look at this. Not wanting to make her a public example but was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph was a man of compassion, a man of love. His heart had been broken. You ever had a broken heart? Have you had a spouse that has divorced you, that you love with all of your heart? Have you had a child that you would give your life for that has rebelled against you and won't hardly speak to you? Have you had a best friend that betrayed you? If you live very long, you will have a broken heart from time to time. This man's heart had been broken. Rick, there's a song that has become popular during the Christmas time of the year. It's not the one on the chimes right now. But it makes no sense to me, but I have to admit it's catchy. And it uses the phrase over and over again. Last year I gave you my heart. The very next day you gave, me away, gave it away. Well, that's what happened to Joseph. He had given his heart to this woman. And it looked as though she had given it away. Dr. Neil Clark Warren. You know who he is, don't you? You see him on TV all the time. He's the founder of eHarmony.com. Not that uh, I've been going to that site any, of course. Marsha and I celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary last weekend. But before that, you may not know it, but he was a Christian counselor. And he has written one of the best books I've ever read on anger. It's called Making Anger Your Ally. And in this book, Dr. Warren says, the reason people get angry is because of hurt, frustration, or fear. They get frustrated and they don't know what to do or say, so they just burst out in anger. I can remember when my children didn't come home at curfew time. I, I would get fearful, and when they would come in, I, I would be angry. Why? Fear motivates anger. But do you know the thing that will motivate anger more than anything else is hurt? Thank God for the policemen that we have here, some retired, some not retired. And I guarantee you they'll tell you one of the most dangerous situations they can go to is a domestic dispute. Because somebody has broken somebody's heart. And they'll shoot them and they'll shoot the policeman and they'll shoot themselves. Joseph has had his heart absolutely broken and stomped on. This marriage probably had been arranged since childhood. And it looks as though she took his heart the very next day and threw it away. But he chose, as Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, 
even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And the ultimate example is the Christ of Christmas. As he hung on that cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You may be here this morning, and you have a broken heart. Don't you think it's time to follow Joseph's example and forgive and let God begin the healing work in your life? The second thing that stands out is that he was a courageous man. Look at verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. I love the King James, fear not. This is one of the five fear nots in the Christmas story in all four of the gospel. You'll find five times the Christmas characters were told at different times and on different occasions, fear not to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Someone gave me a book by Max Licato for Christmas. It's called Fearless, and I began reading it last night. Now, here's what Licato said, and he's usually pretty accurate. He said, when you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find 125 commands from Jesus. 125 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find Jesus commanded something. Do you know what he commanded 21 times more than any other command? Fear not. Don't be afraid. That's pretty handy dandy in the world we live today. in today, is it not? We just finished studying Joshua a while back in Sunday school, and they were getting ready to take the promised land. God had given it to them, but they had to exercise their faith and take it. And four times in the book of Joshua chapter 1, we read, Be strong and of good courage four times. You say, well, what kind of courage would it take to marry Mary? Well, why is he telling Joseph, be courageous? He was from Nazareth. A little town, everybody knew everything about everybody else. I grew up in a little town like that. Oh, can you imagine? For the rest of his life, the people would be talking on the street corners. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Joseph. Well, he's, he's a fine guy, and he's really a good carpenter, I'll tell you what. But you, you know about him and Mary. He's really a wimp. I mean, if that had been my wife, I'd have had her stoned to death. Not him. He tried to cover it up. He went on and married her. He must have been desperate. Yeah, that, that's, that's Joseph. And listen, they have this cockamamie story that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's not only a wimp, he's a nut. Have you ever thought about that? That reputation. Yes, and the scripture bears this out. That reputation followed that family and Joseph as the father and the husband of that family for the rest of his life. Let me tell you, some of the older folks used to tell me when I was younger, getting old isn't for sissies. And you know what? They were exactly right. But let me tell you something else that isn't for sissies, living the Christian life. There are times when it takes courage 
to stand for Christ and to do the will of God. That's why Jesus said, you want to be my disciple, you must be willing to deny yourself, to take up the cross, and to follow me. When I uh, mentioned David, Shepherd David, and King David, what is your favorite story about David? Remember David in the Old Testament? You know what most of you think, don't you? David and who? Goliath. That used to be one of my favorite stories. And uh, one day in Sunday school class, in Bill Randolph's Sunday school class, he was going through 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I have another favorite story about David. And it's when he and his 400 men had just fought a battle and won, and they returned back home to Ziglag, a city that had been given to David, and they got back home, and the Amalekites, an enemy people, they had come in while the men were out fighting a battle, and they had burned the entire city of Ziglag. And what's even worse, they had taken the women and the children captives. And these men, worn out from battle, came back to that situation. Oh, it was so disheartening. They must have felt like just giving up. And it got worse. The men were so upset that they started talking about stoning their leader, David. Now, this is my favorite story. Because right here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, you will read this passage. But David encouraged. Courage is the opposite of fear. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. There are some times, and perhaps today, this is why you're here. You can't believe you're here on Christmas Day. Maybe your mom or your wife said, we're going. But maybe you're here to hear this. There are times when we as Christians, we just need to put on our big boy britches and encourage ourselves in the Lord. No, sir. I've come too far to turn back now. I'll walk by faith and not by feeling until the feeling comes up and matches the faith as well. Maybe today that's where you are. So he was a compassionate man. He, he was a courageous fellow. And uh, briefly, and last, but you can't leave this out. It's, it's so simple, but yet it is so strong and profound. He was an obedient man. Look at verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Not just here, but in chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, the angel appears to Joseph again in a dream and says, you need to take the child and flee to Egypt. And you'll read, Joseph immediately obeyed. Not just here, but also in chapter 2, 19 and 21, the angel appears to Joseph a third time and says, you need to take the child now and you need to go to Nazareth. And Joseph obeyed. How many of you here know Beverly Sturdivant? Raise your hand. You know Beverly Sturdivant? She grew up here, and she's a shut-in now. She can hardly get up from her chair and walk. And, uh, but she loves the Lord. Again, she was a 
saved when she was a little girl, grew up in this community. And uh, one Wednesday night, we were having pick your favorite hymn time. But you have to tell why this is your favorite hymn. I still remember. She won't believe I do remember this, but I do because that night, she hardly ever said anything in a sharing time. But that night, she said, I would like for us to sing Trust and Obey. And this is the reason why. It sums it up. <laughs> Trust and obey. Well, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. One of my favorite quarterbacks of all times was Roger Staubach. He led the Dallas Cowboys to a world championship in 1971. And I remember as a young boy watching him play on TV. And I was a big Dallas fan. And Tom Landry was the coach. And he was a football genius. And uh, he was also a Christian. And Staubach also is a Christian. But Roger Staubach, in one of his books, wrote that one of his biggest struggles was Tom Landry, the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, would not let him call any plays. And he thought, you know, I've been quarterbacking a long time, and I should, I should be able to call my own play. But Landry sent in every play. And Staubach wrestled with it. He said, I finally subdued my pride and decided I would just obey Coach Landry. He was the boss, and he led them to a world championship. You know, the Christian life isn't really so complicated. I'm not saying you'll ever fully understand God or all the ways of God, because if you could, he wouldn't be God. But, folks, it is as simple as Beverly said, trust and obey. What about you? Can you learn anything from one of the most unheralded characters of the Christmas story, Joseph. I hope we all can. Let's stand together and bow for prayer for a moment or two. Would you pray with me just for a moment or two as we call a conclusion to the service today or this part of the service and give an invitation? Perhaps today, You've had your heart broken. You've had your heart broken. No one has had a heart broken like Jesus did. He came into his own and his own received him not. Not only did they not receive him, they killed him. Yes, it was in the sovereign plan of God, but still their vengeance, their hate, was like a pack of wild dogs tearing a little sheep or lamb apart that they had caught. And your heart has been broken and it, it is the day today for you right here by faith right now to in your heart forgive them. Because I don't feel like it. We live by faith, not by feeling. And you forgive them and you pray for them. And the Bible says you bless them and you don't curse them and you do good to them. And in time, let me tell you, God will fill your heart with a feeling of love for that person. And maybe today you need courage. I, I don't know what you're going through, but 
but you may be disheartened today and you need to follow Joseph's example of being courageous courageous to stand alone even if the other young people say oh everybody else is doing it but you know it's wrong courage to say no to certain things that would not please the Lord some perhaps today are just so discouraged you feel like giving up be like David and today encourage yourself in the spirit of the Lord you can do that God will do that with you and for you and then today some here just need to rededicate our lives to trust and obey we're on the brink of a new year why don't we just simplify the Christian life and trust and obey our coach the God everlasting of all wisdom and mercy and love and grace you've never trusted Christ as your heart as your Savior today would be a wonderful day to do that you know the best Christmas gift anybody could ever have is the Christmas gift of eternal life that God gives us through Jesus for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life and today even now you are just feeling an urge in your heart to come give your life to Jesus Christ would you do that during this invitation you may be a visitor that's fine you may be a church member. that's fine but you've never really received Christ through repentance and faith but today's your day would you come even now in Christ's name we pray amen let's sing <laughs>